0: Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, in this time of uh, bad news, we, uh, we've we uh, gotten a lot of bad news uh, lately for various reasons, but... Um, I thought today I would share with you great news. Well, great news for Chris. Maybe not so great news for Amanda. But Chris, uh, where are you at, Chris? Chris is back in my. Chris is my Tennessee buddy. I got a couple of Tennessee buddies here, Elijah and the Slay family, and Chris is my Tennessee fan back there. Uh, and Chris and Amanda got engaged. So congratulations, y'all! <laughs> Chris is just lucky to be in the playing field. He outpunted his coverage by a long way. So, uh, like I did, my friend. So nothing wrong with that. But congratulations, you two. We love you guys. We love both you guys. We're so happy that God is doing great things in your life. I really am. So, listen. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to thank everyone who's here. We also have a lot of people who are some are actually recovering from COVID. Some are actually helping family members who are recovering from COVID. And uh, we have. Uh, we do have one uh, person, in Cindy Morrow, uh, Patricia Morrow is still in the hospital, and so continue to pray for her. But I do want to thank everyone that's watching from home. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, if you're at home and you're watching, make some comments. Uh, Lynn will be back on the back. He can interact with you guys, but thank you guys so much for joining us today. And so I do want to tell you that today is going to be a <clears throat> uh, more of a transparent message for me um, Because it's an area that I really struggle in, and when I say what we're going to talk about today, you're going to go, wow, my pastor struggles in that area. Yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of do sometimes. Uh, I've gotten better over the years. My wife is much better at this than I am. But maybe you, a lot like me, will understand and begin to see a clearer picture of what God wants to do in your life when we talk about what we're going to talk about today. Here's the truth of the matter I, I, by nature, for some reason, I'm not sure if it was because of the way I was raised. I don't really think that was it. I have no idea why. But I have a tendency, I've had a tendency in the past to be a very controlling person. I like to control my surroundings. I like to control my, I don't need anyone, anybody, any family members or coworkers shaking their head at me going, sure does, all right, because I looked around, just glanced around, and every person I worked with and every person that lives in my house goes. So, but I, I hope, I like to be a recovering, controlling person. Sometimes. Uh, Wendy's going, maybe. Um. Uh, <clears throat> but for some reason, I, I like to have those things kind of, you know, at my. And so what, what happens for me is that how that manifests itself is I like to know what the outcome is going to be for things. And I like to know. Um, uh, I, I like to be the one that that th- tries to decide those things. And I and so, as you, can, as you probably already can tell, and I probably already know this, um, it, it has, it's, it's difficult to be a controlling person um, and be a close follower of Jesus. Okay, I want you to hear that again. It's difficult to be a controlling person and a close follower of Jesus. And so you know how God kind of prompts you to do things in your life sometimes or, or maybe you will read a text of scripture and you'll feel Holy Spirit down in you and Holy Spirit will just say, you know, this is you. Uh, I need you to listen to this. And you will listen to that and maybe you will adjust and make a change. Well, for me and controlling people like me, that's not how this works. Traditionally, what has to happen is God has to grab me by the back of the collar, all right, drag me out back and whoop my tail. All right, that's usually how it happens for me. I wish I could say, I read this passage, I believed, and it was all good. That's not how it happens. Traditionally, he has to do like I, he, my dad used to have to do, and I shared this with you a couple weeks ago. Traditionally, he has to take me outside and spray water in my face. Are you with me? And I will come kicking and screaming toward that. Now, I will say this. I've gotten a lot better over the years. The reason I've gotten a lot better is because God has shown that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. But for me, a lot of times I have to matter of fact, I'll tell you almost on a daily basis. It is a constant fight for me to give up control. Let me give you a good example. Whenever we first planted the church, we were at a high school. And we had gotten a trailer uh, donated, one of the members, and we're thankful for that, donated a trailer for us. Uh, My own mom bought a bunch of these black curtains for us. We had people donate sound systems and all these kind of things came out of the woodwork. And so every Sunday, if you can imagine this, we would have to go to the high school, pick up all the cafeteria tables. Everybody with me who was there in the beginning? I know, right? Lisa's like, thank God we're past that stage. Uh, Literally, um, we would have to do these, set the stage up. We would have to do a stage. We'd have to set it up. But we would take up all the chairs and move them. We would have to set up the stage, put up all the curtains, run all the wires. All these wires you see running that's hidden in the ceiling and all the, the, the things that are hidden here in the floor. There's tons of wires underneath this floor, I assume, y'all, y'all. But they're all, they come through here and they all hook up to all these things. We would have to run those every Sunday. Every Sunday we'd have to do those things. <clears throat> and so... I wanted to be a big help, and so I would get there at around 8.15 or 8.20, 8.30 sometimes, and I would help. But here's what would happen. Uh, I would get there, and I would start um, saying, uh-oh, oh, let's don't put that curtain there. Let's put it here. Now, let me say something. That really wasn't my job, okay? My job, that was kind of Lynn's job. Lynn was kind of help directing that. He he just always told me, listen, you prepare what God wants you to prepare, and I'll try my best to make the place look good and make you sound good. I said, okay, I'll do the best I can do. But I would show up. And I did this week after week after week. And I would say, nah, let's put that curtain here. Oh, and I would walk around and I would fix things. And finally, a group of godly men, well, maybe they're, at the time I didn't think they were godly, but I guess they were now looking back. Uh, a group of godly men came to me and they said, hey. And they, they came to me in a bunch. You know how, guys, listen, guys in particular, if a bunch of guys came to you in a bunch, Uh, So you've done something wrong. Let me just say that. And so they came to me in a bunch and they said, hey, brother. And I think it was, I think it was Philip Shownut who Philip wouldn't, he wouldn't hurt her to flee. I mean, he, uh, he, he, uh, he's, he's, I love him. He's, he's like a brother to me. Uh, And I think they probably appointed Philip because he's like that. So Philip came up and he goes, and Philip, now let me say something. When Philip tells you something, there's no confusion after the fact. Okay. When Philip's not going to say, you're not going to walk away going, man, I wonder what he meant. Now, that's not going to happen with Philip. Philip, you're going to walk away going, man, I know exactly what that dude meant. So, so Philip comes up and he says, he says this, he says, hey, listen, we got this, you do your part, but don't come here till 930. That's what he said. And I was like, my first thought was, was, well, who does Philip think he is? And, you know, and then I thought, oh, and then I, then I looked at all the other guys and I was like. And they were all going, yeah. You know, not like a yeah as in this is an encouragement. It was a yeah as if you show up at 925 and there's going to be a tail kicking going on. And it's going to be you getting your tail kicked. So I said, okay. And he looked at me again. He says, hey, you can trust us. It's going to be fine. Show up no, no earlier. Don't show up here before 930. And so it's funny because even today, even today, guess what time I showed up here? I showed up here at nine thirty. I've been showing up at nine thirty when we had when we had uh, when we did church at eleven fifteen here. I would show up at ten forty five. The reason I do that is, is because I don't want to hear the worship team practicing. I don't, and I don't want to see how all the chairs are, and I don't want to see how them. I have I have not I have not looked at the multimedia at all in years, and the reason why is is this: I'm a recovering control freak. Okay, I'm in the process, and I don't want squash what God is doing in other people's lives see those men wanted to serve God and here's the truth I was getting in the way not because they were doing something wrong but because something was wrong within me that was the issue and so I had to give that up now, I'm not, I would love to tell you that I walked in the next Sunday, and I walked in and was like, man, everything looks great. I didn't. I walked in at 9.30, and I was like, man, that thing needs to be back a little further. Maybe this right here would be look good. Did anybody do the stage? What happened? All in my brain, though, I did not say a word to anybody because of Philip. I was scared of him. I'm not going to lie. I was. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not scared of him. So, but, but seriously, I had to recognize, and so I started praying about it, and God said, Barry, I'm trying, to use, I'm trying to use these people to help the church that I want to grow, and you're getting in the way. And so I said, okay, I'll get out of the way. Now every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll come and I'll say, I'll say something, and let them look at me. And you know what that look means? Don't make me call Philip. That's what that look means. That's what that look means. No, it means this. It means, hey man, we got this. And so what I've had to learn is, is I've had to learn that God is not only using me, but he's also using everyone here. And we all have gifts and talents, and he wants to maximize what we're doing. But for me, my biggest issue was, was that here it is. I didn't have faith in other people to do things the way I wanted it done or the way I thought it needed to be done. Do you know there's a big difference between the way you want something done and the way... Things need to be done. Do you know most of the time the way you want something done, probably? And I know this may shock some people, but there's more than one way to do something. Did you know that? Did you know that? I know people where there's two ways to do it, their way or the wrong way. Are you with me? And so you have to get your mind right to say, no, God's going to use other people. And here's the key. You have to have faith in those people. You have to have faith knowing that God's using those people that he's using those people. I'm not saying not to be wise. But for me, here's the transparency part. Faith has been a really difficult thing for me. Faith has been a difficult thing for me. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. What's our goal? And we'll put our goal up there. Our goal here is is for, here it is, we want to help others experience God in real life. And today I want to help you experience God in real life. I want to help you experience God in real life and take what you hear today that we talk about from the text and put it into, put it into practice in your everyday life. And when you do that, we want other people to see the same thing. What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about faith. Now, faith is a churchy word. Okay, it's a churchy word. It's a word, you know, like salvation or baptism or communion. And we hear faith all the time. And I think sometimes we as followers of Jesus, we hear faith so much that we kind of undervalue it a lot. We undervalue faith sometimes. But I want you to hear this. And we're going to talk about this in depth a little bit more when we read the text and when we go through the scriptures. I want you to hear this. I do not think that you can be a committed follower of Christ fully the way God intended unless you have 100% faith in what he's doing in your life and 100% faith in him. That's what I believe. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says this. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, faith is the confidence that we hope for Uh, that that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Now, if you go back to chapter verse, and I'll read this for you, if you look at verse 39 in chapter 10, it's, by the way, don't ever forget this. Whenever, Whenever the person was writing the letter, he didn't go through and put the verse numbers and he didn't write chapter 11. He didn't do that. It was a letter. And so it was a free-flowing letter. And so he connected this. In verse 39 of chapter 10, he says, But we are not like those who turn away from their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So we're not like these other people. We actually have faith. And here's what faith is. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So therefore faith would be things that we could not see but that we have a hope for now. These people who he's writing the letter to, they were like me in a lot of ways. They wanted to have control over things. They wanted they started seeing events happen and they wanted to take control of their lives and they wanted to dictate which way that their lives went. But that is not at all. That's not at all what God had intended. I want you to, I want you to look at a verse. Uh, everyone knows the story about doubting Thomas. I think Thomas gets a bad rap sometimes. I think we'd have probably been the same way. But doubting Thomas. Let's look at that in John chapter 20. I think you have it here, Lynn. It says this. It says, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Here's what it says. They told him. We have seen the Lord. But he replied, and here it is, doubting Thomas, I won't believe it unless I see the nails, nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers into them and place my hand into the, womb, uh, to the, to the wound in his side. And here it goes. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors, uh, the doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. And here's what Jesus says, peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless, don't be faithless any longer. And then he says, believe. And this is the important part when Jesus said this. Thomas said, my Lord and my God, he exclaimed. And then it goes on, it says, then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. What is faith then? Here's what faith is. It's a great, great definition of faith. Faith is believing What God says is true. Faith is believing. What God God said is true is true. That's what faith is. Faith is believing. What God said is true. It's amazing to me because we sit here today, I stand here today, and I turned 50 in a couple of weeks. I know, I don't look a day over 40, but I, I do turn, I know it's shocking. I turned 50 in a couple of weeks. Uh, I really do. And so I look back on my life and I can see how God has just went through. And I talked to you guys about this a week or two ago where I said, listen, sometimes you have to take a look back and you have to see what God has done in your life. You have to see all the different things that he's done in your life. And I do that. I do that from time to time. And here's what I do. When I do that, it strengthens my faith. We sit here today and it strengthens my faith. And I don't know if it does for you or not. But you, too, if you think here right now today, you can look back and see everything that God has done for you. You can see everything God's done for you and I can see things God has done for me. And that should strengthen our faith. But here's the truth of the matter. Oftentimes things that God has done for us, those things will, will go by the wayside because they're not immediately in front of us on that particular day. Let me give you an example. If you have someone who is, who is praying right now... We have people praying right now for illnesses. We have people praying right now for, you know, medical tests. We have people praying right now. So you have people praying right now. If there's someone praying right now for some medical exam or some, some illness to be healed, well, that's right in front of you. And so when God does that, when God does that, you can see that right in front of you. And that's what you put in front of you. But give five years from now, God's done that five years from now, you don't always see and feel the same level as you do when something is right in front of you. So what does that, what happens then? Here's what happens. We begin to put faith in things that we should not put faith in. We begin to take and put faith in things that are not eternal. We put faith in things that are not necessarily something that God would ordain. And, and here's some things that we do. The first thing is this. We put faith oftentimes in money. We put faith oftentimes in money. We think if we can reach this certain level, if we can reach this certain level of finances, then we will be okay. Let me tell you something about putting faith in money. I want you to hear this. In early April, in early, I guess it wasn't even early April, it was mid-March, mid to late March, uh, we had a virus that came on, okay? Is there anybody that had any clue about that virus, uh, you know, last Christmas? If I told you, if I told you a a Christmas, not this past one, but the year before, if I told you, hey, here's what's going to happen, you'd have said, you've lost your mind. There's no way that's going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen. And you'd have told me all the reasons why that wasn't going to happen. But it did happen. Well, guess what? I don't know about your 401Ks and investments, but I can tell you where mine went, all the way down. They did. Mid-March, it was like, I, I just said, uh, I'm just going to stop looking. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm going to stop looking. I'm not going to touch them, but I'm just going to stop looking. I mean, it tanked. It tanked, like whoosh, big time. I'm talking about 10% gone, 15% gone, 20% gone, 30% gone. Overnight, it felt like. Literally, sometimes it was overnight. I left it in there. Here's the good part. Guess what? It came back up. And now it's more than it was before. It ended up being a positive year. But in those moments, in those moments, that's what I saw. Think about this what if you were putting your faith in money? How would you have felt? I've told you guys this story before, but it's a fascinating story. I'll never forget. This story is etched in my mind. I worked for one year so that I could get my undergrad paid for. I worked for one year for uh, a company called MetLife. You guys at Snoopy, the Snoopy company, MetLife. Uh, I, worked, I worked for them for a year. And what I did for them is I helped facilitate the 401K for IBM, okay, for the IBM Corporation. You guys know anybody that works for IBM? Um, There's some smart dudes, and they know it. (laughs) And so they were difficult at times to deal with. Here's the sad part. I'll never forget this. I had a gentleman call me up one day, and we were talking about his investments, and he was wanting to make some moves, and I helped him with that. And I noticed, because we could see these things on the computer screen, I noticed that at 11.59 every night there was a call-in to the system. From him. And I found that very odd. I was like, that is very odd. And I went to my manager and I said, hey, I, I don't know if this thing, I don't think it's being hacked, but this looks very weird. And she goes, oh no, that's Mr. Smith. It hey, wasn't Mr. Smith, but no, oh, that's Mr. Smith. I said, yeah, how, all these, literally thousands and thousands of employees, how do you know him? Well, I've had a conversation with him before because we thought there was a hack in it too. We thought maybe someone was trying to get in his stuff. I said, well, what's the situation? She said every night, he tries to get in bed by midnight. He sits up and watches the late show or TV or something. And he has a phone right beside his bed. And every night, right before he goes to bed, he calls in and checks what his balance is. Because he said if he didn't know, he couldn't go to sleep. Can I tell you something? That man's putting faith in the wrong thing. Can you imagine living and riding on that roller coaster? Here's what Hebrews 13:5 says. Hebrews 13:5 says don't love money. And here's the great listen y'all, please highlight this. Put this on I mean I'm talking about kids, kids quit asking for the new phone. Put this on there. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. What is faith? Faith is believing what God said is true. I will never fail you, and I will never abandon you. God says, I will never fail you, and I will never abandon you. Let me tell you something, what I said last week. He had you before, he has you now, and he has you in the future all the way into eternity. That's still true. Today, in addition to that text, we look at Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. And this same God who takes care of me, and this same God who takes care of me—it's Paul writing. He's in prison from this at this point. At this same God who takes care of me, uh, of me will supply all your needs uh, from His glorious riches. And some people, other text says, according to His riches and glory, which have been given to us. In Christ Jesus. He will supply all of your needs. Can I tell you something? You don't have to put your faith in money. You don't have to put your faith in money. Here's something else you don't have to put your faith in. You don't have to put your faith in institutions. We have been putting our faith in institutions for a long time. We have seen this recently. Recently we have seen that people have been putting their, their faith in institutions. Many have put their faith in the political system. And I want to tell you this once again. Every time I've seen a politician and a Christian, a, a person who's a politician and a Christian, what comes out usually is a politician. I want you to hear that. Don't put your faith in institutions. Can I tell you something? There was God has been around a lot longer than any Democrat or Republican or any party in general. I want you to know that. Don't put your faith in institutions. Don't put your faith in the company that you work for. All right. My dad, my dad put his faith in the company that he worked for, and in the end, that company, when the bottom line hit, even though my dad had been there for a thirty some odd years, they ended up letting him go on a whim. No severance, no nothing. They just let him go and he was left out. And guess what? Your company will do the same thing for you. I know it's not fun to say. I know it's kind of kind of crude, but can I tell you something? I want you to hear this. God gave you that job. The company you work for didn't give you that job. And if that company leaves, God will give you another job. Why is that? I'm glad you asked. Lynn, can you go back to Philippians chapter four, verse 19? Philippians chapter 4, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. Just leave that up there, Lynn. Will supply all uh, all your needs. He'll supply all your needs. He gave you, he gave you that job. Don't put your faith in institutions. I want you to know something, and this may sound weird. This may sound weird to you. Don't put your faith in a particular church, including real church. Don't put your faith in in, in that. Can I tell you something? Because if you look around the room, there's no perfect people here. And people here are going to let you down. And we're going to talk about people in a second, but people here are going to let you down. They are. They're going to let you down. And the church will let you down at times. Why is that? Because we are an imperfect vessel. We are an imperfect vessel serving and following a perfect God but we will never reach the fruition of what we need to. Don't put your faith in a certain church. That's how bad things happen when people start to put all of their faith in a certain church. Can I tell you something? I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I absolutely love real church. I do. I love, 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 love Real Church. But it is 100% God's situation whether this thing goes or not. It's 100% God's situation whether or not we meet next Sunday. It's 100% God's situation. It has nothing to do with me. I put no faith in Real Church. I put faith in the God that wants to see and work through Real Church. That's who I put faith in. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Don't put your faith in institutions, people. Don't do it. The next thing is this. You know, it's funny. I want to talk about church one more time because I do have a story I want to tell. My mom, my mom uh, uh, really, really, after my dad passed away, she started going, going to church again. She still goes today. But she was going to this church, and she was driving a long distance to go to this church because she really loved the pastor. Okay, and I love the pastor, too. The pastor was a friend of mine. And but until one Sunday, one Sunday, my mom went into the church, and the pastor got up and quit Literally walked up, quit, walked out the door and left during the service. Well, come to find out the pastor had been having an affair. He had been having an affair. And while my mom loved God, she also loved this pastor. And I want to tell you something. It was very difficult for me to have to talk to my mom about it because I, too, loved this guy. And I would put a little too much faith in this guy. And he failed. Does that make him an awful person? It does not. It does make him a sinner in need of repentance and restoration. But I too was struggling with this. What am I trying to say? Don't put your faith in people. Don't do that. Don't put your faith in people. When I see, when I see these, these churches who have pastors, he's almost like a celebrity pastor or whatever. I just think that's so funny. I don't think celebrity pastor should even be it. That sounds so dumb. But anyway, it's a thing apparently now because everyone, whatever. But I, I see these people putting these these um, so much emphasis on this one particular pastor. And, and my thought is, is I want to say, do you not realize that that pastor is uh, one red light away from a car wreck where he could die? And then where's your faith? Don't you realize that that pastor is human and can fail? Listen, I want you to know something. Don't put your faith in me. Don't do it. Don't do it. You've been around me long enough. You know I can be an idiot. Okay? Come on. You know that. I didn't need anybody's head shaking yeah on that one, but okay, fine. It was a joke. But listen, you know, you know. Don't put your faith in people. Don't put your faith in me. You put your, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put my faith in God and you put your faith in God and we'll walk side by side. But don't don't put your faith in me. Don't put your faith in people. Don't do that. God is the only one who's worthy of that. What is faith? Here it is. Faith is living your life like God is telling the truth. Faith is a way of living. I want you to hear that. Faith is a way of living. It is not a a religious idea. It's not. Faith is not a religious idea. And here's another thing faith's not. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a, I put my faith in Jesus and that's it. No. I don't know about you. This morning I woke up and I put my faith in Jesus again. Okay? And tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up And I'm going to put my faith in Jesus again. Whenever we were going through the adoption process with Bailey, uh, Wendy and I were obviously uh, a little nervous uh, about things. We were trying to figure out, you know, we were adopting a teenager and that was kind of different. Um, Crazy, some people said, but we really felt like God was leading us to do that and he was. Um, But when uh, Bailey's counselor at the children's home was the sweetest lady, she was so sweet. And she was very, she was, had a heart of faith. I mean, she was so faithful. And I would call her and I'd be like, hey, what do you think? You know, because it's a long process for those who don't know. I would call and say, hey, what do you, hey, this is all in God's timing. And I remember when we were going up to the court, to, to, the, to the court date in Bartow County. Uh, we we loved, I got into the car and I felt like that she had kind of, we had left a little late, you know. Did I mention I was controlling a little bit? I felt like that she had left a little late. And, you know, Atlanta traffic, you can never trust that. And I thought maybe she needed to go on 285, but she went straight through Atlanta. And I was like, I know there's construction, I guess. Okay, the court dates. And I had all these things running in my mind. And I'll never forget what she said. She looked over at me and I said, uh, you think we're going to make it on time? She said, you know what I think? I said, what? She says, I think we're going to make it exactly when God wants us to. And I said... Preacher's going to shut up over here. I'm just going to sit in the side. I'll be over here. Just don't worry about me. And guess what? We made it. She pulled right in there. I kind of got mad about it because she got a little arrogant. She, goes, she pulled right in and she said, she tapped the thing on her. See? We made it. I was like, okay, you made your point, lady. I get it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't rub it in. Her faith helped me big time. Why is that? Well, Because when we have faith, it takes the pressure off of us. I want you to understand something. God's only asking you to follow Jesus closely. That's it. He's telling you he will provide everything else. He is. He's telling you that you don't have to carry the burden. He's wanting to take the pressure off of you. He's wanting to take the pressure off of me. He doesn't want you to live your life constantly stressed out. He doesn't want you to live your life constantly wary about stuff. Right now, there's a lot of people that are worried about our country. And I know this isn't popular to say, but I want to tell you guys something. I'm a Christian and a follower of Jesus before I'm an American. I want you to hear that. I'm an American second. I'm a follower of, I'm a a citizen of heaven first, a citizen of the United States second. And I know that's not popular to say. But that's the truth, and you should be the same way. I'm worried about our country too. I believe our country was founded on biblical principles too. I believe we need to get back to that too. But here's the bad news, you guys. If you go ahead and read the rest of the Bible, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's not going to go that direction. I think it's going to get worse. That doesn't mean we lay down. That doesn't mean we don't stand up for biblical principles. What it does mean is, is it means we do all we can do and lead the rest to God and believe that he's going to do what he's going to do. Hey, can I tell you something? God, if God can use a donkey, okay, to speak for him, he may be able to use the donkey in America. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? I know it's a stretch, but Who knows? He may be able to use an elephant. He may be able to use a donkey. Who knows? Can I tell you who I trust that? I trust him. I trust him. I do. When you do that, it it puts the focus on God. If you have a need for something, you look to God for it, you're focusing on God. And it puts the pressure on him. That's what it does. That's what it does. Can I tell you what God thinks about you putting the pressure on Him? He loves it. He loves it. Why is that? Because He's already told you that He's going to provide for you out of the riches in glory that comes through having a relationship with Christ Jesus. He's already told you that. Faith is a way of life. The question is, and here's the question I want to end with this is the question Is God trustworthy? That's the question you have to answer. Is God trustworthy? Is he? Is God trustworthy? When you answer that question, is God trustworthy? You will answer the question, how much faith you have. Is he trustworthy? Is your life reflecting that you believe God is trustworthy? That's the question I want to leave you with. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for desiring to walk with us so closely that you draw us in and you want us to believe that what you say is true. Lord, we are not people that do well with believing things that are unseen. God, let us commit to you to believe those things that are unseen and that your word says are true. What is faith, God? It's believing you're telling the truth. God, even when things look difficult, even when they look weird down here, even when they don't make sense, let us be people that continually trust you. Let us be people that continually look to you. Let us be people that give things over. To you and take our hands completely off of it. Let us trust that who you say you are, you are. And as God as we do that, I do pray, I do pray that you will pour out your riches and glory on us and that we can let other people see no, I don't have to worry about my job. God provides my job. I don't have to worry about my family. God provides. I am not have to worry about God provides. He eternally provides for us, both before, now, and forever. Let us be so bold as to answer the question, is God trustworthy? With a loud and resounding yes. And let our lives reflect it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up for a final worship song today, you guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcowita.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.